three new cases were reported in Oregon as of Monday. The Oregon Health Authority said that that raises the state's death toll to 92 and 2,354 positive cases. Sunny today, a high near 78 degrees. Tonight, cloudy and 54 for a low. I'm Ashley Claiborne with News Radio 1240 KQEN. The following program is paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4. Every weekday, News Radio 1240 KQEN brings you local information at 4 o'clock. Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. I know, it's us. It's time to go! <laughs> I'm like, push, push the button, Dave. Like, push come the on, button. Go, go, it's time. Welcome to. The, the True, True Wealth, Wealth radio, show. radio show. It's not just a show. Oh. We're not on TV. How do you know? I hope not. There's cameras in here. They could be worked watching. Isn't that the conspiracy theory of the day? Everybody's watching someone. They could turn your cell phone on, which is like, it's in my pocket. They're not going to see anything. So the funny one I read was, you know, like our grandparents were always like, they're listening. Don't do it. They're listening. And we're like, Alexa, listening to everything. I know. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. Wiretap. <laughs> do this thing. Everybody's like, wiretap. We don't need a wiretap. They have an Alexa. We can just listen. It's fine. Yeah, you know, every time you say that on the radio, somebody has a device that's like, bloop. So it's like, you, you don't get to say Alexa. Okay. Uh, By the way, if you say Melissa. She'll still turn on. Like, she oh. doesn't even know her own name. She doesn't wait for the X in there at all. It's just, she'll respond to anything that sounds close to her name. She who shall not be named. Okay. <laughs> I know. Glad right? we had this discussion. <laughs> Back to Harry Potter. <laughs> okay. So, welcome to the True Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, David Littlejohn. With me in studio, my co-hostess. With the mostest, Katie Shook. Thanks for having me in here today. Today is a beautiful day to be in here. The sun is out. I feel like, you well, know. It's a beautiful day. Period. In the and then we're in the studio. But I love being in studio, right? I'm not complaining about that. We played it uh, on the phone, and I'm super grateful to be in studio. So that's cool. It's nice to know that there's flexibility in life, but it doesn't always mean that it's better. Yep. Well, you know, we'll see. I mean, flexibility is a very interesting thing. So we're going to get into, let's talk about some of the things we're going to talk about today. Okay. Right? We're going to bullet point a few things for our listeners uh, because also I'm guessing if you're listening to this on the podcast, you're probably going, well, this sounds like banter. What are we going to talk about? Is it really a radio show or what? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about parts of the economy that are broken. Okay. Okay. And, and so we're going to talk, and, and some of it's going to be in the framework of now that we're, so we're starting to discuss how the economy has changed and what parts of it are second order effects. What did you call it? I, I tease the wiffle ball effect, but I think oh, that's he not. He was teasing me because I was trying to she text was texting in a hurry. hurry and it was like WMF blah, 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 economy. And he was like, what the heck is that? And I'm like, you I know, don't know. The <laughs> the autocorrect economy. couldn't even autocorrect it. It was like, just, just I don't threw know. His hands <laughs> <up and> went, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what that's trying to be. Um, no, it just, I always think of it as a like a skipping stone. The ripple effect. Right, the ripple effect, the skipping stone. It's you know, it's, there's the first big one and it, it's not like it just the stone drops in and just makes a splash. It skips and there's just these little ripples that keep going and we're starting we're starting pin action before. Pin action was another one, okay. right? You hit one bowling pin and they all bounce around and knock around each other and it's it's indirect, yep. right? But it so still works. Let's talk we'll talk a little bit about the, the stock market, which let's be very clear, the stock market is not the economy. 
No. And then we're going to talk about some of the things that are going on, some of the rumors that I'm hearing that may come out of Washington, D.C., and how that may affect things. Okay. But okay. Uh, we're going to start with a story of bell peppers. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me tell you the story of bell peppers. Now, first, the story is I bought bell pepper starts. Like okay. different peppers. So I got some jalapenos, and I got some banana peppers, and some fun ones, and so they're growing. So you you bought the guy garden. I bought other stuff for not just me. I oh, bought come on. Some that is like the beginning of all the salsa. Look, there's broccoli in there. Okay, that's... Okay, that's not Guy Garden. Okay, because okay, I was like, you're talking there, jalapenos, there tomatoes, habaneros. There's zucchini, because that's the only thing I can grow. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard to kill zucchini. Right. Like you gotta really like, I can grow two things, and this doesn't make any sense. I can grow zucchini, and I can grow plumerias. Really? Yeah. And plumeria is kind of tricky up here because we have that really cold weather. It has to be inside and be happy. So it is an inside plant. Plumerias, if you don't know, it's the state flower of Hawaii. Right. They're beautiful. And they so, smell oh, they're, amazing. It's, they're, they're really pretty. And they're they're not super complicated because you actually have to accidentally ignore them on occasion and let them sort of get a little dry and not overwater them because they don't like wet feet. Okay. Right. So it's like, well, if you're one of these people that's like, oh, I got to go water that thing. Yeah, you should probably try plumerias. <laughs> You'll do great. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Okay. So when, you planted bell so pepper. So we planted all those, but here's really why I'm talking about peppers. Who cares about my garden? Other than, hey, at least we're not in Michigan where apparently you're not allowed to get a garden. No, apparently you're not allowed to do anything in the yard. Like landscaping, mow your lawn, nothing. Yes. Uh, and what we'll have later on in the discussion, which is not true, hopefully, but uh, is when did we start taking crazy pills? I know. Are they giving them by like the hundred count these days, like at Look, Costco, Costco size, along with all the toilet paper? You know, there's there's practical, there's moderate, and then there's just bat poop out of line. And that is one of those where I'm like, you got to be kidding me that yeah. we're we're like, this is house arrest kind of stuff. Like the guy that got arrested for not doing social distancing when he was surfing by himself in the ocean. And I'm not going to pick and choose all these things. This is not the complainer show. No, but it's just kind of, it goes along with crazy pills. That's crazy pills to think you can't plant a garden. Like if we reached a point when the, you know, the government says no planting a garden, somebody's probably out there going, well, they don't want you to go to the store to get this stuff. And I go, there's got to be a methodology for if we cannot preserve economic activity, let me let me clear up for all of our listeners what happens if we shut the economy down. Okay, let's just get really clear because this is going to this is sophisticated and I need you to follow along for the cause and effect here. We all starve and die. Okay, was that the cause and effect right there? <laughs> yeah, we all that's what happens. If you stop the entire economy and you won't let people produce food, we have to eat. And if they can't get food, then eventually they starve and die. And so if you lock everybody down and prevent all that, and I, you know, I'm being facetious, obviously, but that's the but kind of only there's kind some, of that's the there's scary some thing. truth to it. There are places that are running out of stock of specific vegetables and fruits. Well, and that's really the bell pepper story, right? I right. went to Subway for lunch, and although I wasn't going to get bell peppers on my sandwich, the poor chap before me was not able to because they didn't get a delivery of bell peppers. And that wasn't like, oh, we ran out because everybody, everybody wanted, wanted bell pepper. Like, no, we just didn't get any. And that is an indication of either a clerical error 
or what I think is more likely to see dislocation in supply chain. Right. Like the onion thing. You were telling me about that. So I, you know, I, I snap on these little videos and I look at my Facebook feed and there was this one that was posted about an onion farmer and he was talking about his waste pile. And I mean, it was like a whole field. I was like, where's the pile? Because I mean, it was all of these, I mean, I don't know, probably millions of tons, thousands of tons, something. It was ridiculous how much onion was in this field. And he goes, no, this is my waste pile. And he goes, I can't even give them away for a penny a pound because there's not enough people to come eat all of these onions. We supply to restaurants and other things that have been shut down. Like our supply chain is not buying our supply. So, and people are like, oh, you're just wasting food. You should give them away. He goes, I have, I've given them away. I've said, if you're in the area and you want to come pick it up, you can have as many onions as you can take, right? But I mean, that's not for a guy who's a mass producer of onions, who supplies onions to however big of a region you want to pick, right? He didn't get into that part of it. Mm -hmm. But I'm assuming, like, there are certain crops grown in certain parts of the United States that kind of supply the whole U.S. Right. with these things. And I was thinking, even if it was just our coast, okay, Somewhere well. in the Midwest, I know they grow them because there was a time when I was driving through there, <laughs> and I remember we had, like, pulled over on the side of the road, and we had gleaned, like, two or three of them because they were just, and they were delicious. Oh, my goodness. Okay, but. If it's in Northern California, for example, let's just guess. If it's in Northern California or somewhere along the farming belt in there in California, we can't drive from Roseburg, Oregon down to California right nope. now to go pick up a ton of onions in the back of our truck. That's not allowed right now. So even if well, he's giving them away, there's it, not enough infrastructure to even utilize eh, maybe we what's could, there. But it's how would you know, first of all. But here's the, here's the great part, right? Uh, since oil futures went negative... You know, if Ridiculous only we can get gas too, prices to go negative, right? right? Uh, if it gets to the point where taking a gallon of gas means all you're paying for is the taxes on the gas. Oh my gosh, no. it's like 70 cents a gallon or something. Didn't I you figure out the other day? I think between 53 and 55. Under a yeah. So if, if fuel's under a dollar, then you're paying more in taxes than you are for the fuel and in Oregon. Whatever the case, it's it's just an interesting concept. But in theory, it should be a lot cheaper to drive. But gas is still over two dollars a gallon because it's not really just about the price of oil. No, but it is fascinating to me all of the parts of the economy that some are working and some are not. So right. it it appears to me. So we're going to talk about some of these things. That what are parts of the economy that are working? Right. You know, it's it's like they're able to continue to carry on the way they already have been and so forth. And then what are parts of the economy that are breaking and, and why are we going to talk about it? Right. Some of it is because we want to know as investors, what should we do? And then I think some of it is trying to get ahead of a trend. Right. I mean, if which is you, what we try to do. So we're, we're going to try to spot trends and be in front of those trends. So if the wave is coming down, you want to be on the surfboard. Right. And the fun part about a trend is if you're in the sweet spot on the wave, it's really fun. If you're in front of it, you get you clobbered. Can, well, you can either get the, you know, the wave breaks behind you and you get plowed over, uh, which or, you know, you, you don't catch the wave at all. And if you're behind it, you work really hard. You don't catch it. And it's a wasted effort. We want to get in the sweet spot. So we got to recognize the waves. So we're going to talk more about the ripples in the economy and which ripples become waves. Mm, there you go. But we got to take a break. Okay. All right. So let's do that. We'll stick around. And when we, when we come back, waves in the economy and trend spotting. That and more. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And you're listening to The True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN.
Like America, Coastal has always been about. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Are you happy now? Yes, because it is a radio show. Okay. Katie's all like, you got to say it's a radio show. Like they can't figure it out because they're listening to podcasts. But there's like yeah, people what if it's do... about welcome back to the True Well Show Because people podcast. do video podcasts and not just radio podcasts. Well, what if it wasn't on the radio at all? What if it was just a podcast? You know we're threatening to do that, right? Like it's a threat. It's, yeah. There's there's just things that are inevitable. I mean, there's things on YouTube now, and why not podcast? I don't know. There was one I was trying to look up earlier, though, and it was uh, John Evan or Jonathan... The one from the Home Builders show with the twins and Zoe Deschanel, because they're a thing, talking about homes. Anyways, podcast. Are you talking about the twins? Like the, the what, Property they, Brothers? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. One of them's Jonathan. Yeah. Who's dating Zoe Deschanel or together. Okay. And they're doing like a home podcast thing. I was trying to find it, but it like the link sent me somewhere else. Sorry, that was my so rabbit welcome hole. back to our show. <laughs> that was my <laughs> rabbit hole. We're, That's we're what gonna, happens when you're home too much, David. You we're, start we're to go crazy. We're going to talk about the ripples in the economy now Shit, that are becoming that's my waves. Ripple in my brain. Okay, you ripples in the economy. There's a lot of them, and they're starting. They're not little ripples. They're starting to get bigger and bigger. This. So I'm going to let you kind of carry the torch for a second on this because I think there's a really huge one that's affecting. It doesn't affect the whole economy, but it affects a lot of households because the school year is not out and we're starting to see this increasing pressure. I mean, you tell me the story. I don't want to. Okay. Uh, so my story is I was talking to a friend of mine and she said, Hey, I, uh, you know, they're talking about bringing us back. So she's been in, she got temporarily laid off right during this whole thing about staying home. So she's been home with her kids. She's a single mom. And, um, and they said, they're talking about bringing me back to work on Monday. And she goes, well, I, and she has two kids. She has a first grader and a toddler. And she said, I can find daycare, but that doesn't fix my problem. Like we, um, our kids go to Geneva Academy together. And so they're, they're homeschooled and they're private homeschooled, which I feel like is a little more pressure. And, um, and she's like, but who's going to like, I can't expect a daycare provider to now become my kid's teacher. Like I can't expect them to homeschool my child. Their job is to provide care. So this is a ripple in our economy is we're talking about lifting, you know, what is it? The first phase of people going back to work. What's going to happen if school's not out? Because kids still have all of their homeschooling to do. And what happens when you take that parent out of the home that's no longer there to homeschool? Right. And this is let's first I'm going to clarify something just because I want to be on the record. So folks don't misconstrue this. It's not that it's first phase, right? It's this is an individual business. So essential businesses stayed open. Right. Right. But if an essential business furloughed or laid people off and they're bringing those people back, that's not reopening the economy. That's a business trying to bring folks back. Maybe they got one of the payroll protection loans or something like that as they're trying to bring people back at that point. Well, whatever the case. Right. It's yeah, it's it's the headphones. They are freaking out. I will fix them. They're unplugged now. It's like all this static coming through the headphones. Weird. Yeah. By the way, things are still broken. Just want to clarify for the record. Yeah. So it's I'm I'm going okay. Well, this is just one instance, right? So what happens when these people who 
have settled in in the last month to like, okay, well, I'm going to be a stay-at-home parent for a little while and schools are shut too, so I'm going to homeschool my kid. And then all of a sudden now you're pulling the parent out of the home. And then like daycares aren't necessarily reopened just because this parent has to go back to school or back to work. So where do I stick my kids? And, well, and that's the and issue. And who teaches them for the next six certain weeks? Certain daycares can't be open. They're not an emergency facility, right? So there's, right. there's some of those elements. And I think you're bringing something else, something interesting up that's worthy of conversation in general. I don't know if it's something that we need to really delve into on the True Wealth show today. It's a True but, Wealth moment, But though. the concept is important that I think the education model needs to be addressed. Right. right? One thing that we're discovering, and this is really interesting, is some people are really struggling now and some people are thriving. Right. <laughs> right. Some people are thriving. Their kids are doing better. And it's it's interesting that with all of the technology and resources we have, there's a high degree of commitment to an established education model because there's a lot of investment in it. Right. right? Uh, there's a you know, there's contracts and there's people and there's buildings and there's tax revenue models and um, it's it's really embedded in the system oh it's a spider so, web it's real complex so it's very very difficult to institute change in something like that and right now we just literally had it foisted upon them yes right so the education system i think has some some real self-analysis to do about well how do we deliver this effectively because our economy depends on people being able to, in certain circumstances, they have to go to work. Right. right. Some places you can't work remotely, you must go. Right. And if you have childcare as a component, one of the things about our education model was it did provide a place for children to be to receive an education while others are working. Right. Now, I'm not making a cultural statement here. I'm not. This is not a value system statement about well, stay-at-home parent or this or that. That's no, not what I'm saying. not at all. I am saying, though, that absent that, it affects other segments of the economy. This is a ripple, right? This is a ripple. The child care element and then the personal bandwidth issue. Like, if you go to work and then you come home and you're trying to manage a household and you're trying to educate your kid at the same time, it's not a matter of whether or not people are good parents. It's a matter of whether or not you have the physical energy and the stamina to survive all of that and not like go crazy. Well, okay, and not only stamina, let's literally talk time, right? So if, if you work a normal eight-hour day, which not saying that this person does, but if you mm -hmm. work a normal eight-hour day and let's say you work from eight to five in there, right? Because you have an hour for lunch and stuff like that. Okay, so you get off work at five, go home, you're going to fix dinner. It's at best six, 6.30, before yep. you can even begin to think about homeschooling. Right. And so let's and say now it's 7 o'clock. Now it's 7 o'clock and you have three to four hours worth of work. So you're going to work till 10, 11 o'clock at night with a seven-year-old. One that maybe should have been in bed at eight. eight. Yeah. So you're expecting them to change their sleeping patterns and habits, right? Or them to be alert right. enough and be able to focus late at night. And, you know, frustrations are going to get worse. And you're mm -hmm. also taking sleep away from the parent who then has to turn around and go to work the right. next day. And here's where I'm going to show an ounce of empathy. Pay attention to this. Because <laughs> some people say I don't have enough empathy. Mm. 
it's one thing for us to say, you know, the free market capitalist type libertarian thinker just says, well, that's their problem, right? I mean, they chose the job and that's how they set their life up. And so they just need to figure it out. But I would say, no, they didn't, right? Because the, the, that wasn't the original circumstance. The original circumstance and part of their social bargain is, no, I'm paying into the tax bucket and that tax bucket provides for education. My kid was associated with it. That whole model has changed. And so you change the deal on me. This is my argument, by the way. I know this is totally separate issue, but they have a similar line of or common thread. I've listened to a lot of people that say things like, you know what, if a company goes bankrupt right now, we should just let them fail. The government shouldn't step in and provide it any help. And I, and I look at that person for a minute and I say, I'm not sure you fully thought through the consequences of what you're suggesting. Right. right. Should we let airlines fail right now? No, I would like to have an airline to utilize in the next couple months. Yeah. And so that, but, but why? See, you just said, because I want airlines. Because I want to go somewhere. Because I want to still continue to travel. Because I want to be able to get yeah, and goods I'm gonna tell and you, utilize things that are flown into places in packages. And Well, I mean, in theory, a delivery company is still delivering. So they should be sound right now. They're solvent, right? I saw something online the other day from Hawaiian Airlines that said that even though they don't put people in their airplanes, they're putting packages. So they're actually agreeing to do more shipping parcel so shipping in the meantime just Most to of the keep time the planes they already full. do. Just that's but, part, but more than usual. So here's my point. <laughs> Wonder if they're chartered by I'm, Amazon. I'm going <laughs> to challenge your thinking on this one. Ooh, I like it in real time on the air. Go for it. I think there's a much more significant issue at play with allowing businesses to fail right now. Just besides unemployment, but it's, yeah, yeah, but it no, takes I, away it. It creates monopolies. It takes away. I think competition. I think that there's an actual like social contract trust issue with our government like Ooh. a trust issue that because what happens is if a virus comes in and the government says hey you business against your will you must close and if that bankrupts you it's your problem the government has now become essentially the arbiter of who gets to stay in business and who doesn't yeah it's pretty scary that to me is the 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 knock-on effect of that if that is is an established norm is really scary because it's no different than a few years back uh the irs was accused of targeting specific groups and i realize that this is going to sound partisan but i don't mean it that way but they have been targeting specifically people that were uh part of the the very very conservative uh, it wasn't the Patriot movement, but there was a, a fairly extreme right wing side of the, the movement I'm trying to space on the name of it right now. But nevertheless, that group okay. was setting up nonprofits and, and trying to establish and the IRS was auditing just those groups. Oh, interesting. So the so we had an institution of government that was targeting specific groups based on an ideology. That's scary in and of itself, but what happens when the government says, well, we can shut a business down, and if that business fails, tough luck. Are there going to be lawsuits against the government? I think it's this is too big right now. But what I'm suggesting is, why would the government choose to then provide stimulus for one group over another? Why does one group get loan forgiveness and another does not? It's because winners and losers are chosen. Now, Practically speaking, and, and, and technocratically speaking, it's hard not to do it. But 
what does it mean when you have a government that is in that position of authority? It is concerning if that power is abused. Yeah, or can be. Right. Like, can be more abused. So that is my bigger bigger picture. concept here is that we go back to effects of the economy and we started with well what happens when the education model changes against somebody's will it wasn't their fault that the model was changed that's like having the rug pulled out from under you and that's that's my issue is if the rug gets pulled out then what and so either we all get treated the same way right well i mean that's tough or we all get saved otherwise you have some ethics and morality to consider about who gets saved and who doesn't True. So in in that respect, if the whole purpose of doing the lockdown was because we need to be better safe than sorry, then I say, well, what's the moral hazard of who we chose to save and who we didn't economically, not just in terms of like medical care? Well, and it's interesting that you talk about the lockdown. Are we okay on time? Sorry, I felt uh, like you we're, were leading up to a break. We, yeah, um, we, we probably are. Sorry, it was like the way you were talking. I was like, oh, he's ready for a break. Um, no, you know, people say, oh, I haven't left my house in 45 days. And I'm like, wow, you must have really stockpiled food and perishables because I don't know how you could do that. Oh, well, I didn't leave, but my spouse did. Or And I'm like, so, nah, that's yeah, really exactly. like, what? and I'm like, really? So you didn't think about the person who had to go to the grocery store to provide you food or the person that had to transfer it or any other, again, supply chain, right? Yeah. So supply chain will be a fun one. I think what we should do, let's do this. Let's grab a break because it's an appropriate time to do so. But there are these elements in the supply chain. So let's let's identify some of those areas and what does it mean for us, okay? Uh, quality of life, and again, for investors. So now that we've we're through the morality, let's just get into the goods, right? This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Here's the thing I would be very wary of anything that shows up on social media right now. Oh, of course. Social media. I'd be like, like almost all of it. In fact, in general, when I see something, I'm like, okay, well, I better start source checking because there's so much that is just blown out of proportion oh, there was one that was talked about social distancing and it did like a florida beach and an la beach and it, it used the same picture and everybody's like wow all the people from florida went to la and oh, it's like the, really the, so i get what you're saying yeah, like the, the if you credibility see of the internet is oh, it was already questionable and now it's terrible right and and frankly the don't forget that I, I, these the social media platforms they're advertising platforms Right. right, you're an audience to them, which means they are paying attention to your behavior and what you click and what you don't, and they're curating the stuff that you see. You get a little influence over by who your friends are and who you follow and so forth, but especially like a Facebook, I mean, they, they're sending you a fraction of the information and they're it's designed because they know you'll respond to it. Right. So that they can keep your oh, attention. specifically a targeting. And, and of throw course. more ads at you. So, right. So if you're going to respond to something inflammatory, they're going to probably send it to you. So just for our listeners, where this started was I told David off the air that I saw a Facebook post that said Costco starting Monday was not going to let people in without a face mask on. Basically, employees and guests or members 
was not going to allow them in. And David's like, yeah, I don't know if I buy that. So that's kind of where this well, conversation I mean, went. It's very regional, right? It and, could be. And, so, and it could be very state by state also. like, Well, it's, it has to be state by state, almost by definition. I mean, first of all, look, uh, it, it, there are Costco's in California. Like you, you could w- walk in and buy liquor, right? In Oregon, not a chance. Yeah, California okay? did that one. Check. Right? And so, <laughs> so it's like there's very different rules. Right. State by state. And this is probably one of the bigger partisan issues of the day. Unfortunately, we just can't avoid it right now. And I got news for you. If you think that this virus doesn't have anything to do with politics, you're wrong. It does. And many people identify and there's we're not going to go into which team is which. I'm just going to say it. It's relevant. But each state is setting its own rules. I mean, even if the president comes out and says we should do this thing. Each state sets its own rules. Well, Thomas right? was saying the other day he was listening to Trump make his like morning speech, and Trump even kind of said, some states are listening to me, and other ones are not. <laughs> and it was just kind of like, ugh. Yeah. So, and, and so that's... That's why we have governors. The, the, the tough thing about being in politics today, in some respects, is kind of like being a pro athlete on Tuesday morning after Monday night football, right? Everybody's a critic of the athletes. And I've heard many people give very critical analysis and breakdown of how athletes performed or didn't perform their roles and why they won or lost and rah, 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 only to then kind of look around and go, well, can you do better? And it's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, well, no, they certainly <laughs> well, cannot. That? It's they, true. It's you know, true. And, and so – it's really fun to throw rocks after the fact, especially when more information shows up and you go, see what kind of an idiot that person was? I go, well, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a much easier to armchair quarterback than to be the quarterback. I'm making a prediction, though. If anybody starts mandating that masks are worn, I'm predicting that there are going to be a table outside of every grocery store with some Girl Scout selling masks for oh, some geez. fundraiser or some adult because it's going to look like Girl Scout cookies, but with face masks. In front of every store of somebody making them and selling I don't know. Them. I will tell you this. that My, my guess is that if Costco's were going to require masks, odds are they'll Costco carries them. them because, to, they'll be like, here, you can uh, buy this one for five bucks. Yeah, when I look at all of the different stores in town and how well things have been managed or how well they have not been managed, Costco to me stands out as a, a shining example of doing things well. Right. You know, I don't think anything's perfected. But they've been, uh, as far as being ahead of trend and getting things right, uh, I mean, I have to give them some kudos for really stepping up. But I know only our Roseburg Costco right now. I've seen no other examples. And so there could be other Costcos that are not performing well. I just know the one here is doing well, in my estimation, which, granted, is total layman. I just happen to be a researcher. So since we're going to talk about some of the elements of the supply chain and our quality of life, what did you have in mind? Well, or what specifically were you thinking of? It really kind of started with when you you talked about, well, what happens for people trying to go back to to work and they've got kids at home now. But uh, I have a buddy of mine. He's in the Midwest. He happens to be a beef farmer. And he advised that there are supply chain breakdowns and they're going to look at a pretty significant cost increase for beef, dairy, and then eggs. Like all of those... There's, there's shortages. Yeah. Uh, I've had a number of people across the country that I've just tracked, and they've commented on the, the cost of certain things. Like their grocery bills are going up. Oh, doubled. Right? And and it's not just because people are eating more. It's because the actual products are getting more expensive. And some of it is a supply and demand function. You know, there, there, there's less supply and the demand is the same. 
And we've seen this over time, you know, portion sizing changes, packaging changes, and, and what have you. But I, I think that we are seeing parts of the economy that are, that are inflated, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we're seeing other parts of the economy that we are seeing, you know, the bell pepper thing. Or the onion thing you talked about. Well, and I the was, supply chain is broken or it's damaged. We've had supply chains broken before. Like, was it last year, or the year before, where it's like you couldn't get lettuce? Remember when you couldn't, like, if you went through a drive-through, you couldn't get lettuce. Well, that and was, it was an E. coli issue. I know, right? but That's I'm just saying. A, but a, it's still a supply chain yeah, we had issue. A tainted, tainted goods, and so they had to get rid of those and sort well, of. Well, the vegetable was tainted, not the people. But we still had a supply chain yeah. issue with it, right? There were yeah. restaurants that couldn't well, serve how about lettuce. Snowmageddon. Right. Oh that, my I mean, that was a mechanical barrier and that had a material impact on economic activity locally. Right. Okay? So there was an example where we had a supply chain interruption. When I say supply chains are broken, like go try to here's a fun one. Go try to buy fitness equipment anywhere. <laughs> right. True. If you want to go buy <laughs> a uh, a barbell and some weights to put on it. Good luck. If you go to Amazon right now, not available. Amazon, largest retailer in the country now. Not they're, available. They're out of stock. Oh, and there's a lot of things, even that they have in stock, that they say they're like they're prioritizing their shipments, right? And so they're even saying like, "Sorry, you can't get it till the well, middle of May." That's that's different. That's shipment versus not available. Right. right. It's like not there. You go click on the ad. They say this is out of stock. We we'll notify you when it, we get more. They're just gone. Yeah, it's like true. It, like it's all gone. And it makes sense that everybody got stuck on lockdown and they couldn't go to the gym, so they bought the gym (laughs) and brought it to their house. So that's going to break the supply chain of all the gyms that are out there? Well, it's certainly going to impact them. Uh, You've seen new industries emerge, right? How about workout from home? I mean, I I know a gym that I used to attend, they do online workouts right now. Yeah. Right? And, And it's different. It, you know, it is different, but they're, they're, that's a whole different segment, the exercise industry. Right. But, but I'm looking at things like uh, office supplies. You know, how, how do you get – well, right now uh, – I was saying right now there should be a surplus if there's less people in the office, but that doesn't mean that the demand won't go up when people don't return. And then if they don't have the ability to replenish mm-hmm. what they sell, then you're going to see the cost of those goods go up. Yeah, I, I think about things like – Shopping malls and the the retail the banking stores. relationships that go the but you have retail stores that may not survive, right? That the, the intermediate size retail store that just doesn't have, uh, I'll use the term, they don't have enough capital to hold their breath that long, right? Right, because you still have to pay rent even if your store is closed, and if you say, well, we'll just defer the rent payment, then all that really does is transfer the burden to the landlord that owes somebody else money. And so then does the landlord get forgiveness? Well, okay, but let's talk about the deferment, right? So that that is a that's a legitimate option that's on the table right now for some is like, hey, by the way, so we'll either, you know, let you pay half or less or defer some of some or all of your rent. But when you do open then, you have to make it all up. So now you're anticipating that the gross wages of the store once it opens is somehow going to be higher than normal to help make up the additional debt that it's going to incur. Right. So and it's and and like some and that, pent up demand, but maybe not that much. And that, but that could be a setup for failure, depending yes. on how much the rent is and everything else. Like all of a sudden, you have the next six months, and you're just starting to get that capital just, back in. As as I have I've said this before, and I will say it again, I will darn near pound the table saying it: there will be losers in this event. 
there will be winners in this event, right? It will create opportunities and new things will emerge out of it. I'm not ready to say that the winners and losers are a good or bad thing even. When the economy breaks and then you rebuild it, then in theory, it should be more resilient. So this is kind of a little bit of the survival of the fittest, kind of Darwinism, a little. A little. I mean, I don't like not the way to it that happened, extent. But, but, but you know, back to our uh, uh, the concept of education, right? Does the model need to be reviewed? Should things change? I think there's no way for it not to moving forward. I mean, I'm not an expert in education, but the experts that I speak with tell me, yeah. It's, it's due for an overhaul that technology and other things that are, were not available previously change the practice of education, and it's time to see those things brought into the system. Well, here's our opportunity. How about manufacturing? You know, one of the big things that you see right now all over the place is if it was made in China and we can't get it. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and let's talk about demand, right? Yeah. So even if you have a factory, like there are factories right now that are running seven days a week, 24 hours a day, just to meet the demand that was already there. That doesn't mean that they can run any faster. There's no extra day, extra shift to make up extra demand that's in the marketplace right now. Yeah. So like toilet paper companies, when everybody ran, had this massive run on toilet paper, the toilet paper companies are like, okay, we get it. You're out of stock, but we can't all of a sudden produce twice as much toilet paper just because you demand it. Yep. We're already running it open like yeah. 100% in theory, capacity. In theory, we don't have an increased demand for toilet paper. <laughs> what we have is increased storage of toilet paper true right i mean like it's not like all of a sudden everybody has to go to the bathroom twice as often <laughs> i don't know we are home a lot and we are raiding the fridge like a dog looking for a bare piece of bone on the floor uh so put on your bathing suit people have a gut check if you can if your jeans don't fit look you, what you're you eating must every quit. Day. yeah look what you're eating every day <laughs> gotta put on the jeans once in a while make sure they still button uh yeah well, this is a whole separate issue that uh, I will I will do a different maybe maybe we'll do a, a YouTube video on this one. It's a little something I call put on the uniform. It's it's a legit thing. Okay, so why you put on the uniform? I had this conversation with a mom the other day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you put on the uniform for a number of reasons, but a lot of it is just personal performance, and you know you start by respecting yourself. And then, you know, your activity and your actions will follow suit. So, you know, I still wear a collared shirt to work. I will admit, I am totally wearing shorts today. It was a beautiful day. And flip-flops. Yeah. But they are really comfortable flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but I'm still, in, I'm still in the polo. It's There is something to be said for that. I actually had a conversation with a mom the other day about that. And she's, she's like, man, I'm having a really hard time getting my son to do his homework. And I said, well, your son's still in his pajamas and it's noon. Like, have him get up, get dressed, eat breakfast, and put on the uniform. Like, put on the uniform. And if you need to, actually physically make him put on his school uniform. Like, I get it, you're home, but if it works better for you. But he needs to be in the mental mind frame that this is school time. Yeah. It, it, we are creatures of routine. Like, we, we need – it doesn't need to be strict routine, but we need some systems in life. Uh do we have to take one more. We have break? to take a break. Yeah. So, We're so remind along. Let me, What's systems. I I have a great so, one for this so, one. So systems remind me to. I'll tell you the story about waking up at two p.m. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a, it's it's a near tragedy, but it ends happy. All right. So stick around. This is Dave Littlejohn and Katie Shuck. If you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN.
This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to the home stretch of the True Wealth Radio Show. Uh, reminder all of this can be listened to on the podcast, which you can find on our webpage because I'm not going to send you anywhere else because we pay for the show. <laughs> this is true. This is totally true. And also, I would say really quick, if you are have financial questions or need financial help, our office has been open this whole time. Still open. Some of us are working remotely, some not, because um, we are an essential business, and we do have a disaster plan and everything else in place. So we were ready for the pandemic, even before it was a pandemic. So, uh, yeah, if you have questions, give our office a call, 541-375-0898. Right. And I think that there are things that one can do as an investor, but since that's bordering on investment advice, you need to call the office for that at... 541-375-0898. Right. And if I make her say like 16 times, you guys will memorize it too. It's awesome. <laughs> um, Thank so, you. <laughs> so yes, littlejohnfs.com, lots of free resources. Uh, we're starting to kind of push out our YouTube presence as well. Uh, I've had a number of folks that, uh, for example, we did, we've been doing a series. How many weeks now? Four? Uh, we're, we're ending. It was the month of April. So we've done this for the entire month of April. Wow. I think there were there was a Good Friday. We didn't do one. The, there was a couple days you didn't and, do well, one. Well, only two so far. The Good Friday. And then there was a Friday I had a scheduling conflict with clients. And, you know, we're still a professional business first. And... Uh, this has been the stuff about money they don't teach in school. It's stuff that is geared for the junior high and high school crowd, but that doesn't mean that's who it's for. There are many of us out there that can benefit from just having somebody explain it at a level that a high schooler would understand it. So I think that's actually a better selling point, is it's stuff that adults should know that is explained at a high school level, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter your education le le like level, anybody can listen to it and they'll grab bits and pieces from it. Yep. So. If and, you feel and it's like it's on YouTube now. It's on YouTube. Yeah, and so you, can you can watch go it. look go look up Little John Financial Services on YouTube and you'll see the logos and all the stuff. And you'll see it's under uh, we have them like sort of compartmentalized by different series. And so you can go see the education series, the stuff about money they don't teach in school. And so you can go check these videos out. Like today, I actually think today's video is a really good one. What'd you do it on? Uh, today's topic was on ways to increase your income. Oh. Okay, so it was all about the framework of understanding. It's not like go work hard and do this or that. That's <laughs> it was a, not a cheerleader yeah, session. I, it was legitimate how you work for your money and how your money works for no, you it's like conversation. How, how are you more valuable? And and what are ways that you can make your time more important to other people or that you can make your time more valuable so that you're better compensated? And it's the methodologies. It's it's more like strategy. So there are strategies behind it. I'm not telling you, like, go become a pro basketball player. I'm saying, well, why do pro basketball players get paid more than teachers? Scarcity right? and the talent. Scarcity, leverage, a number of different factors involved. But it kind of gets laid out in these videos. So we have all these education resources. Uh, the beauty of those is they're a little less free verse than this radio show, where sometimes, as you could tell, we might wander a little bit. But the, the purpose, and why do we wander a lot? Because we have so much to share and not enough time to share it in. Yeah, that and and because it comes off as really rigid when you try to bust out an outline. Uh, and, and so folks get bored with it, frankly. But here's here's the point of the end of the I wanted to share one last story. We talked about putting on the uniform. Okay, That was uh, one of the stories. So there's a funny story in my life. And, and Katie, you were mentioning routine and so forth. Right. Uh, I guess that was during the break, though. It was during the break. My pastor sent out this video and he talked about 
routines. And he talked about um, kind of like the autopilot, right? He said, when you get up every morning, you get dressed in a certain way. You probably take a shower. You have your whole morning routine. And then when you drive to work, you're not actually thinking about the streets that you drive on because you've been there so many times. It's on autopilot. And you know if you've ever driven somewhere and you're like, wait, how did I end up here? You kind of, your yeah. mind was wandering. I've mowed th- an entire lawn and then forgot that I mowed it because I was thinking about <laughs> other things. So That's we, dangerous. We, <laughs> No, it's, it's, but your body does things, right? We create routines and it takes- I just want to be safe. I don't want to not know I'm using a lawnmower. Well, I would, <laughs> oh I would say it's gosh. habits, right? We create habits and it takes, what is it, 21 days to create a habit? I don't believe that. I don't believe that either. I think that's the bare minimum. But point being is that he was just talking about habits and now we're having to make so many more decisions every day because we're out of habit because we're not doing the same old, same old anymore. Yeah. And I think, I feel right now, now that we've got into this a little over a month, I feel like I'm starting to build a routine again. It's a different one. But I'm starting to get a little bit more of like, this is normal. But you were going to tell us a story about waking up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah. What was that all about? So for those of you that have listened for a long time, there's this secret piece of trivia that back in my college days, uh, I was always an accidental entrepreneur, and then it became very intentional. And the accidental (laughs) entrepreneur in me was with a group of buddies, and I ended up there. There was going to be a party one night, and the DJ didn't show. And so I was the one that showed up with my, you know, collection of music, and, and I now played we're DJ. The backstory, okay? Because I never and got the backstory. And me becoming a DJ started with, hey, you did a pretty good job that night. To, hey, you know, there's this uh, club down the street that's short a DJ. Why don't you go talk to him? I'm like, who do I talk with? And they, somebody else set it up. I met him, and they're like, all right, we'll give you a shot. And that, so I became like an actual like club DJ. Oh, how fun! <laughs> and and that that went on for like five and a half years, uh, and I and I got way into it. And then I became a mobile DJ, and I was doing weddings and corporate gigs and all kinds of stuff. It's a different kind of DJ, by the way, not the DJ with the microphone. Although you know, I know how to work the microphone. It was the DJ that spins the records, you know. Although I use digital, and for a period of time after college, before I got into the financial field. All I was doing was DJing, and I wasn't in school. I only had the DJing thing, and it wasn't every night, but it was frequent enough if I was doing three or four nights a week that I found myself nocturnal by accident. I had no routine other than to be at this place in the dark, stay up all night, hang out with the people afterwards. It was a terrible cycle. And so, yeah, stay until uh, five or six a.m. You know, and so you wake up at like, you know, you go to bed at eight in the morning, and then, but, but I didn't have to, right? I mean, I could have gone to bed at, Two in the morning, or right. well, three, and then been up by eleven and had the day. I wasn't doing that. It was just all. Then I was getting up at four in the afternoon, then five, and then it was like, all right, I got to get up and go back to do the job again. It was a stupid thing. And so what I tell people is, you put on the uniform because it changes your mindset. It does. And that's what it is. It's about getting focused and realizing, all right, I'm going to work. Right. All right. I agree. So I have one last story to tell you guys in the remaining few seconds I have. And it, it starts like this. Six years ago today, somebody <laughs> came to work at our office. And that somebody is in this studio with me. And I want to give a huge shout out to you, Katie. Thank Happy you. Happy anniversary. Yay. We have had such a run. <laughs> Uh, we started with seven million under management. Oh my gosh! I and know. we're 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 pushing to break through a hundred soon, oh. and and we're super excited. Thank you Crazy. for everything you do. Thank you. And Thank you. Um, I know I'm super. You actually yeah. wished me happy anniversary like first thing this morning. That's what we did. That was so Look, awesome. You are loved and Aww, appreciated. I'm, I'm kind of crazy. Uh, as are so all cool. of you, our listeners. Thanks as always. This is David Littlejohn and Katie Shook, and you've been listening to True Wealth.
The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.